Welcome to Chronic Combat Conversations, a live look at our best bets, picks, and predictions with your hosts, Tyler from TB Scouting MMA and Guru Scouting MMA, back for a particularly peculiar card, UFC Vegas 31 or UFC on ESPN 26, Makachev versus Moises. And, you know, if you try to put past the fact that we were supposed to have Holloway and Yaya Rodriguez tonight, it's a, it is actually a pretty decent card. But we get to break it down with Alex Behunin of Cage Side Press. Alex, what a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me, guys. I, I, I uh, really appreciate it. Awesome. And it's uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, Alex does a lot of work interviewing fighters and, and really a lot, knows a lot about the background and has been such a huge fan of the game for a long time. It's, it's going to be awesome to bring like that type of perspective to this podcast because sometimes we get our heads stuck in the sand on, you know, this thing, that thing and the line and this and that. And uh, man, it, it should be fun to break this one down. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's get right down into it. Uh, it's headlined by Islam Makhachev and Tiago Moises, but we'll be starting at the bottom of the card here. <laughs> to kick off the prelims, we got Alan Vodo versus Rodrigo Nascimento. And uh, I probably just mispronounced his first name. It's Rodrigo Nascimento, correct? Uh, we got the Brazilian <laughs> coming in. Uh, it's awesome, but I think one of the, the things that I saw first looking into this matchup, um, it stood out. Um, Fight Night Picks has talked about it. Lock the Night has talked about it. Alain Badeau came into the UFC off of a quote-unquote win in TKO uh, that was really a third-round submission overturned for the weed. It was and, a submission uh, loss, by the yes, way. Like, yes, a submission loss. loss. And uh, so, but... It should have been. A, it should be. Right? It should be a no. It should be yes, and it should be a no contest, right? But because yeah. of TKO specific rules, it's a win for him. It doesn't. It doesn't make. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So then you have Rodrigo Nascimento coming off Dana White Contender Series, highly acclaimed jujitsu practitioner. Last I saw, he has a brown belt, uh, but only twenty eight years old, huge frame, and it says that Bordeaux is is really you know, an inch taller, only giving up an inch of reach. But when you look at these guys standing next to each other at weigh-ins, I really think Nascimento is going to be, you know, having a nice size advantage. And along with the grappling, I really just didn't see Baudot do anything impressive against Aspinall. Um, yeah, I, I just can't help but feel like the line is pretty appropriate here. We we have it at um, plus 280 for Badeau and minus 350 Nascimento at the current moment. I seem to think that's fair. And by finish, you know, that's in the minus 200 range. So, I mean, do, do you see anything different here? I'm not sure I agree necessarily that the line is where it should be. I think generally speaking in heavyweight MMA, the line, unless you're really highly skilled, which we know that these guys necessarily aren't, I think inherently the line should be a little bit closer because of the knockout factor. Um, Alain Badeau, um, from what we've seen of him, he really likes to utilize a lot of different spinning attacks. Um, the problem is, is that he puts no real telegraph. I mean, he telegraphs everything. He puts no real orthodox feint in front of anything. So he's just kind of spinning around, gassing out. Um, it's really uh, quite concerning. Um, listen, Tom Aspinall is a, an amazing prospect. There's no doubt about that. But when Tom Aspinall like kind of pushed him to the ground, I mean, it was like 
like a third grader. Like he just he just covered up. I mean, immediate full mount. Immediate, immediate full mount. And again, it's, and it's one thing to 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 get mounted or whatever, or to get your guard passed through like butter. Like I mean, it happens. But then, like when he went to mount, like there was no bucking. There was no. He just covered up and got obliterated. Like that was it. And um, that's not a good sign for somebody. That I mean, again, we're not sure how good his takedown is. We, we he's gonna start spinning and and put himself in precarious situations. And we know Rod- Rodrigo Nascimento wants to you know put him on the ground and try to choke him out, or you know ground and pound, but you know probably choke him out. So I, I do lean Nascimento. Obviously, I, I think I would. It's I think it's tough to play him at minus three fifty. I, I want to. I, I'd see Nascimento by submission at plus a hundred. Or even by decision at plus five hundred. So, I mean, Alex, what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. Um, please. To, to be honest, guys, I think Alan Bredo. The, the only reason why he's in the UFC is because he's Francis Ngannou's training partner. Um, he, I and and because the UFC has a very shallow heavyweight division. Um, yeah. And so I think um, Namasento should beat. But uh, but uh, anywhere it goes, anywhere it goes, this should be a walk in the park. Um, I I think uh, the the Brazilian gets it done round one. Round one. I I really like that. I uh, I do think that Nascimento is just going to be too much from a talent perspective. He really held his own on the feet against Dante Mays in a striking battle before getting him to the ground and. You know, it, it's not such a bad thing to get pieced up by Chris Dawkins, and it's not like he got put out immediately. He got up a couple times. He was trying to fight back, and um, yeah, I, I like like Alex said, and and like Guru said. I mean, it really does seem like Nascimento should win this fight. And uh, is he still training with? Because I know he's training with Ferdinand Lopez, right, and Cyril Gan, right? Because right. I guess for, for, right, he I guess he got into the UFC when he was. Ngannou's training yes. partner, and Ngannou's since left them, right? He's yeah, yeah, uh, with. Yeah. So awesome. He, no, I just I wanted to. I, yeah, I wanted. He, I wasn't checking you. I was checking myself. No, 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 no. You're right. No, he's uh he is Cyril Gon's training partner right now. Right. Uh, they were all in that. They were all together yes. at MMA mm-hmm. Factory. Yes. Yeah. 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 You because you're not wrong. I just yes. 100%. No, 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 no. You're, you're good. To, thank you. And you're and now Cemento American top team. So it's not like he's coming out of a bad gym himself. Yeah. I, I really think, yeah, it, it's, it seems pretty straightforward in Nascimento. I mean, he's a parlay piece for me. That brings us to our next fight where, you know, I, I don't think that this line is justified, guys. Francisco Figueredo, um, notoriously Davison Figueredo's brother, uh, someone who fought at bantamweight 135 until he made his UFC debut. Shout out to Rockstar Z, now Z's MMA. Uh, he corrected me on Twitter. Thank you for pointing out my errors because that Jerome Rivera fight in his debut was at flyweight. And, uh, you know, he did make the cut. He did it successfully. But, man, to be the only guy in the UFC not to have knocked out Jerome Rivera in their UFC fight against each other, that really stands out to me. And, and just he was way too eager to get in the clinch and get the fight to the ground and where, you know, that's technically Rivera's strong suit. And... Against a guy like Malcolm Gordon, I mean, he was rolling around with Amir Albazi for a full round and being competitive. Uh, I know that Sumaderji fight leaves a really bad taste in everyone's mouth about Malcolm Gordon, but I watched it back and I, I remembered it was one punch and he just crumpled over. The dude was getting fucking pieced up, like big time early. And he took 
four punches in succession, a couple hooks, a straight. His He was getting rocked. I mean, Malcolm Gordon, I know he's got the four knockout losses. I know he also lost by submission to Albazi. It's but extremely concerning. It, it's concerning, <laughs> but um, not when you're facing a guy like Figueredo that couldn't even manage to to put Jerome Rivera out. And, I mean, that, that guy gets hurt by everybody. So, uh, to me, I, I see the minus 300 on Figueredo and plus 245 on Gordon. This is one where I feel like just, you know, Gordon, a, a black belt, so he's, he's going to be able to keep up in the grappling aspect. And I really think that Figueredo is getting overrated just by who he's related to. And um, it's going to be worth it for me to not make a huge play. This is not a bet of the night, but I'm going to take a little sprinkle on the underdog and Malcolm Gordon. Yeah, so I certainly don't hate anybody playing the underdog in this spot. I think if you're playing Moneyline, um, it has to be dog or pass um, because – like we said, we've talked about on this show before, no matter how it's all about how good a fighter is. It doesn't a minus 300 minus 400. You had the fighter has to earn that number. And Francisco Figueredo absolutely has not earned that number by, by any stretch of the imagination. So that is not um, something, a price that we're going to be willing to pay, or certainly I'm not. Um, the problem with Malcolm Gordon is that he's really given you absolutely nothing to feel good about. Um, so, and that's, it's a, that's a really big problem. He has not won a fight since April of 2019. I like he had a bunch of canceled fights and then comes to the UFC and again, gets loses to Amir Albazi. No shame. He's a, that's a top prospect. He's tough. And Sumadarji, who is good, looked good. Decent against um, in his next fight against Adish, uh, Zaruk, Zaruk Adishev, but not fantastic. I, I came away from that fight a little. I mean, he it wasn't great, so it wasn't the best showing anyway. I so, think everyone expected a finish, and he went yes, to decision. So that's right. kind of what what was the disappointment? I guess more of what I'm what I'm leaning towards. So my my general thought is that Malcolm Gordon is not as bad as his last two performances and he's not fighting as tough of a striker here as we've as we've pointed out he's not a power puncher he's not a fantastic striker he's not his brother um so the, what i like here is will the fight go the distance uh plus 152 i don't think any i i think i, I don't know why they're expecting a finish per se especially when it's a flyweights that finishes don't always happen. Um, I guess they're banking on the fact that Malcolm Gordon is not durable. And like we're kind of talking about, it's they could be flash knockouts from really good strikers. So that being said, he's been knocked out before. So very true. Let, let's turn that over to Alex. I feel like we don't get enough Alex. Um, yeah. I mean, again, both these guys are bottom of the barrel flyweights, to be honest. Um, and no disrespect to either of these guys, but I think Figueredo is only in the only in the UFC because of his brother, um, Malcolm and Malcolm Gordon. Um, he does have an eighty three percent finish rate, so I mean he does have a chance to to obviously put Figueredo away. Um, I just like you've already got you 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 guys nailed it on the head. I mean we we have not seen nothing. We haven't seen dog shit out of Malcolm Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Nothing. So it's like, how can you like, how could you feel confident at all putting anything on him? Um, 
other than the fact that that Figueredo had a very subpar debut. Um, I mean, he 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 was the only one that that didn't finish Drum Rivera, like you said. Um, I'm 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 actually very depressed that that we didn't get Francisco Figueredo versus Jimmy Flick. That was the uh, fight that was supposed to happen mm, yeah. before Flick retired in a um, barn somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Um, I retire, everybody. Oh, all right. So <laughs> good I, for you. I'm happy for him, but like, okay. Yeah, I know. It's it's it's, it's a bummer. So, um, I mean, I'm I'm with you guys. I think Figueredo probably probably finishes Gordon. Second. You would hope. You would hope that he could get the finish, you know, given his pedigree. You would hope. Although I, I will, I will put this: Malcolm Gordon has his back against the wall. If he if he loses, he gets cut. And fighters with their back back against the wall this year ha- have already showed, like you know, mm. they come out and and and, and perform. See, that's the perspective I'm talking about right there, especially you, you're, we're talking about catching Malcolm Gordon overall at a plus 245. And like I said, this isn't my biggest play of the night. I know this is extremely greasy. We acknowledge it's bottom of the barrel, you know, UFC level type of betting. But yeah, you can yeah, get like a little itch, you know, a little. Yeah, itch. you rationalize your degeneracy any way you need to, pal. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I like what he's, I'm going to take a stab on the, on the over. I'm, I'm going to take a stab on that to go the distance because if there's a very small though because if there's a flash whatever it'll it's fine would it would we really be that surprised you no know? but exactly. but i don't i don't think either of these guys are that big of finishers like i think they're gonna both be kind of uh tentative like if you don't finish jerome rivera you're not you might not finish malcolm gordon it might mm. be the same same level fade the narrative and yeah that's what that's what i'm about so that's that would be my one Otherwise, stay like there's other fights to bet. Yes, there's, there's there's an awesome card next week. Not to not listen to this amazing podcast, but there's an amazing card. You know, sometimes funds are limited. Don't force you know? it. Don't force it is is my point. But you we got what? great fights to bet on. I, I <laughs> you know what? I retract my my prediction, and I think if Figueroa is going to beat Gordon, it, it will be by decision. But if there is a finish in the fight, it will be Malcolm Gordon finishing. Ooh, wow. okay. Yeah, and see, you, like you said, the back against the wall type of idea, that's really interesting. I like really that. Really interesting. And, and by the way, this is uh, at 125, so make sure you get your weight cut glasses on, your magnifying glass, mm. and, and you're inspecting these guys because it's going to be a tough cut. Yeah, definitely. So that brings us right along. Uh, we got another solid prospect here, 11 and 1 Miles Johns. Facing the ever the ever fighting Anderson dos Santos, twenty one and eight overall, thirty five years old against Miles Johns at twenty seven, and you know it's it was really interesting to see Miles Johns suffer that flash knockout against um, Mario Bautista, the flying knee in round two. Interesting or brutal? Oh my goodness! Well, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> just as far as like a projection standpoint and how. He was kind of valued when he first came in and, and coming out of Fortis, especially like the type of momentum that campus had. Um, yeah, I think it was like, you know, extremely surprising, especially uh, for everyone that was backing him big there. And now, you know, he comes back, he has the, a pretty nice performance against the Tivy dad, but the, the most concerning thing to me was uh, his grappling inefficiency in that fight for someone that comes out with like a wrestling background. Uh, you know, Miles Johns, he, he doesn't get a single takedown and, and officially he shot for seven of them. 
So either, you know, Natividad has some crazy takedown defense or like, is he really going to have like the, the most success against a high level black belt in Anderson Dos Santos, who, you know, let, let's be honest here, you know, in his first two fights, uh, you know, we're seeing Andre Ewell and Armani, and then you, you get Martin Day. So you did what you were supposed to. Uh, right. Good on you. But um, is is Anderson Dos Santos just another guy for Johns to get back, you know, his prospect status rolling again? I'm feeling that way. But the line's still, like, decently close at minus 190. I think the first round finish by Dos Santos last time out is kind of what makes it trend to the closer side because you would think a guy like with the name value like miles johns as far as the prospect status normally those guys like we're seeing like francisco figueredo is like minus 300 like i think it could be the same like if dos santos didn't have that win against day in the first round it was like a decision and boring i mean what do you think the line would be you know that that's my kind of thought so i, I think miles johns is a pretty solid play straight up maybe if you wanted to take like a decision prop because i'm not sure he gets a finish here but uh three knockouts on dos santos's record don't count it out uh, yeah, the, I agree. Um, I, I'm not sure how much there there really is to say about this fight. It's kind of a weird fight. Anderson Dos Santos is one of those kind of middling guys that has come in at like a little bit of a later age, and he's quote unquote a prospect, but again, not really because he's at a later age. He lost his first two fights um, versus Nad Naramani and Andre Yule. Um, gave up a takedown to Martin Day who's a Taekwondo guy. So that's not, I mean, he only got controlled for like 15 seconds, but that's not necessarily a great showing. And Miles Johns, um, who I had in high regard, got knocked out by Mario Batista, like we talked about. And that was brutal. And then had a war with Natividad, where like in later fights, again, Batista then gets knocked out by Trevin Jones. And, Natividad ends up fighting again and gets knocked out even worse by Bakaril. So that's not really like a good, you know, crumbling of like the, like the way the trickle down of his opponents, you know, like how, how that's happened. So it does give me some pause, but yeah, I, I, I do like Miles Johns in this spot. I, you can't really trust Dos Santos because you're not really sure what you're getting at 35 years old. Um, what do you think, Alex? Yeah, this um, this is going to be a, a a boring decision fight. I'm just going to say it. Um, I think Miles Miles Johns is going to outpoint him, wrestle him, and 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 win a UD. Um, I, I'm not really impressed with either of these guys. Um, Dos Santos is fun to watch. I will say that, obviously. Um, but um, I hope Miles Johns, um, if he were to get the win, I think they do the Miles Johns versus Adrian Yanez rematch because the first time they fought was a split decision and it could have went either way. And so there's some heat on that. You you can sell the rematch. And um, the UFC is going to push Adrian Yanez um, in that fight next week with Oh. I guess we should. I guess oh, we should. Man. We should tease. We should tease that we're gonna have Adrian Yanez on the podcast next week to help us break down fights and maybe a little quick interview. So that's a, a wonderful segue for that. But yeah, this, this this fight is is really quite tough to call in that respect. And and the the Vegas odd makers, by the way, do agree with you, Alex. Um, at chalk minus one seventy six, this fight will go the distance. So 
Um, unless you can figure out who's going to win the decision, it's going to be tough to make money on this one. I guess if you want John's buy points, you can get them at plus 120. Um, I mean, that if, if I'm like, betting every fight of the card that's definitely the the bet i would take on on this one or yeah i mean and and i guess john's at minus 190 isn't the worst line i guess we'd always prefer him a little lower but yeah yeah all right so so you're telling me that you know, he has to win this fight seven out of ten times for us to profit so that kind of tells us that we should maybe stay away from this fight actually mm. but the line's a little overpriced right because we probably think if they fight a hundred times, maybe he wins sixty three times, sixty five times. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I it's- think you're basically banking on Dos Santos getting some like freak finishes mixed in there, which like I get because that's it's baked into why the line is closer. Yeah, and uh, then it might be once again, like I said, if Dos Santos didn't have that finish last time out, I do think that you know Johns might be priced closer to like a minus three hundred. In which case, I'd be like, stay away. But you know, plus one twenty on the decision, like. Just a little something, you know, maybe, maybe you know, but yeah, it, that's the most likely scenario, it seems. Um, yeah, so I mean, right on along to our next fight here, where, Banger. yeah, I mean, Banger. The, yeah, this, yes, uh, Alex is letting us know. I, I think I agree. I mean, this this has fight of the night potential written all over it, right? Wow, I, I, it's certainly an interesting one. I, I think it's the the like the the fans' favorite, the crowd favorite right now. The the the, the diehard favorites, I should say. This is this is a really interesting one because Sergey Morozov had a really really tough matchup in his debut, and Umar Magomedov is a is a savage. I mean, he's he's like a hybrid. He um, got the he got the Nurmagomedov. That's a striker. Are you? And then he yeah. gets subbed by him. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, oh my yeah, God. that guy's a, that guy's a savage. And um, you know, Khalid Taha, I, Khalid Taha. I I I, I again. It's I, I, this seems to be a theme for me. I held him in very high regard in the after the Barcelos fight, even though he, you know, it was a fight of the night. I mean, he really got like thirty twenty sixth or whatever. I mean, it was brutal. I don't know. I, I had like some sort of affinity for him, but then I watched Ronnie Barcelos just fight Timo Valiev, and that didn't go so well for Barcelos. You know, he gets older, didn't look as great, so it kind of puts, at least for me, Khalid Taha back in a bad light. So I start to think about it. Well, what's happened for Khalid Taha? He hasn't won a fight since he won in October of 2019 in uh, round three against Bruno Silva, but the fight got overturned because of steroids. So that's not really a great look. And then before that, he won in April against Boston Salmon, who's had like his own really weird career. I hope he's doing okay after that crazy injury or whatever. That was that was really Scary. messed up in that fight. Yeah. And and then Nad Narmani rears his head again, and he lost his debut to Nad Narmani. So I, I don't like. What have we seen from Taha at any point recently? I mean, he has an hope, iron chin. You, you'd hope at twenty eight that he's you know quote unquote in his prime or you know achieving his what he needs to achieve in the gym. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really know. And then. Uh, you see Sergey Morozov, who again had that tough fight, um, showed himself pretty decently in a lot of different areas in that fight, and you get him at a dog price when maybe the fight should be pick him. So, what do you think, guys? Oh man, um, like I said, this is it, 
it has the banger banger potential. Um, especially especially these guys stand um, stand and 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 bang. Um, because these guys have, uh, I think I, I wrote an article today. I believe it's sixteen finishes, uh, sixteen knockouts between the both of them. Yes, wow. eight, eight each. Yeah. So um, Taha is very, very aggressive. Come, comes forward. Um, my thing is, if um, Sergey implements grappling, wrestling, that will be the downfall of Taha. And if he was smart, he'd probably do that because. Um, I don't know if he wins the striking exchange. Um, although he is the better, crisper striker, in my opinion, Taha is just just that guy, man. He's he's a he's <laughs> he's a savage. Yeah, he is. He is. He is. He, he's kind of he's a little bit more reckless, whereas Sergey was definitely more technical, but he also was a little bit more measured too. So it was it it, it could work against him. And what's kind of interesting that you bring up is that you. You know, you, you you mentioned how many of these fights, of uh, their fights, have not gone the distance. This fight to not go the distance is plus one fifty. So odds makers have it at nearly minus two hundred that the fight will go the distance. Mm. So I find that as a very interesting handicap. I would kind of almost want to fade that narrative. That I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather, like, I'd rather play your narrative and fade the Vegas narrative. Is what I'm saying. Mm. Because I don't why why is it why is it so certain that it's going to go to decision here? I think I think they're thinking that uh, Sergey is going to wrestle Taha and get the decision. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that, that that's what Vegas is. Taha is the favorite. Oh, is yeah. it? it is the favorite? Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, we can get Sergey Morozov at plus one thirty. So that's, that's like the other weird thing. So I see Alex's reaction to hearing that. That Taha's the favorite. Yo, tell me what you're thinking right there. That he should be gambling. He should be a gambler right. now. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sitting here. I'm letting you guys, you know, get your pieces out on this fight. I mean, Sergey Morozov is my favorite dog on the whole card here. Um, I know that a lot of people are talking about someone else coming up. And uh, I'm tempted on that one, too. But this is my favorite. Um, Morozov has faced Umar Nurmagomedov, like we spoke about. He's also faced Mozvar Evlyev. Lost by round three submission. And to make it three rounds with that guy grappling in M1, I mean, damn. Uh, he's lost by two submissions in his career to those last two guys that I spoke about. Uh, one knockout a whole long time ago. Also one decision loss. So it's not like Morozov is above losing a fight. But he came out of M1. He was a two-time be- uh, bantamweight champion. He's a master of sports in pancreation. So like we said, he does have that grappling background, that well-rounded experience and and we've seen Khalid Taha. I mean, I remember in the Barcelos fight, I put down for a submission win for Barcelos, and he nearly had it wrapped up in the first round and really kind of gassed out and never went back to the grappling. So if Morozov, who I've seen have some extremely impressive defensive grappling as far as trying to do like those, those rolls to get out of a back take, um, yeah, I just think Morozov, he has the crisper overall striking. Is he above getting caught? No, that's why this fight could be so exciting. And Taha, he's got an iron chin. So, no, the pathway isn't Morozov by finish. It's not by by knockout, at least. He needs to get to the grappling realm. I'm not really going to play a prop specifically because the plus mm-hmm. 130 for Morozov, I think, is interesting enough for me. But just to take a look, because you know I love my sub plays of the day. Um, plus you know, Mor- not... You can Morozov get Morozov by plus submission. 12, plus 1,200. Plus 1,200 by submission. I mean, 
those are the type of plays I'm looking for because if I just want to put a couple dollars down and I think he's going to go, like Alex is saying here, you know, possibly a grappling-heavy game plan, I mean, hmm, it's plus 1,200. I'd, I actually didn't get to tape this fight, unfortunately, but the fight before his UFC debut, uh, he beat a guy you guys may know, Josh Reddinghouse, who was mm. just on the Ultimate Fighter this past weekend, uh, this past Tuesday. So, and yeah, and... And that was, you know, we saw Josh Reddinghouse's style. He's a, you know, he's a grinder. He is a technical striker. He was not a great grappler per se, but, um, you know, I, I just think that was fairly interesting because, um, you know, you don't always know, like I can't even pronounce half the other guy's names that he fought. So <laughs> I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, speechless that Taha's the favorite, to be honest with you. I, yeah, uh, man. And, like, that reaction from you is what sold me because I was already <laughs> sitting here, like, ready to, like, burst on the, on the underdog play. And I was like, damn, man. Like, no, because that was the feeling I got when I first saw it. Yeah, yeah there definitely seems to be a decent amount of clamoring that Morozov is a is a solid player. I feel like that line has slipped a little bit, right? Was it was it high? Wasn't it like plus one fifty? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, that's still juicy enough for me. The fact that he's still plus nice. anything, you yeah. know, that's that's really where I feel on this fight. So uh, that's yeah, our I mean, dog. That's our dog of the day for sure. I mean, there weigh-ins, he is pending weigh-ins. Yeah, I mean, I I might throw down a little earlier so we don't lose any more value. But uh, Jeez. hell yeah, why not? But. All right, so but you know what? It's tomorrow morning. Maybe I should just be slightly more patient. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so we got uh, our next fight. Um, talk about wide lines, um, possibly deservedly so. But uh, Amanda Lemos versus Montserrat Conejo Ruiz. I mean, talk about a fan favorite fight here. Is she gonna? Is is Conejo coming out with the bunny ears and the little tail again and gonna I, shake I, her butt? I, I hope so. Alex yes. is saying, yeah, she's confirming. He's confirming it. Did you have you? Uh, oh, you're gonna you be there. Her? You're going to be in person, you bastard. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> oh, you're not no, going to no, be no. there. No, no, that's the next one. Right? Next week, next yes. week. Oh, I man. Bet. I was no. jealous that you are going to see that in person. <laughs> Talk about a bad bunny. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, keep uh, your day job, pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, – believe me, I'm not quitting that. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, so, yeah. Okay, minus 550 for Lemos, plus 410 Ruiz. Damn, I mean, that is a wide line. But, like, at the same time, Lemos, she was a 135-er before her two-year suspension dropped down to 115 and i mean talk about some domination poor mizuki i actually better in that fight because i really liked her grappling style you know coming out with ray longo and all that but i mean lamos really just was able to stuff the stuff the takedown attempts in the clinch turn it around on her just piece her up and then she comes out and faces oh my god lavinia Souza, and i bet on lavinia Souza. Because she's like the little mini Nate Diaz, like so funny personality and like, Ooh. yeah, no, no, no. That was a stinker was, because she I landed on, one uh, significant strike. I was on Lemos there big time. I tried to yeah. get you off, Susan. You tried, bro. I tried. Re- Lemos, I tried really hard. I almost, yeah. I was almost like personally insulted in that fight that I couldn't convince you. Yeah. I, and, then, and then I remembered feeling so good about beating you on one and then you beat me on like eight after that. So yeah, but, I mean, the, that's how it goes. <laughs> the, feeling, the feeling faded quickly. I mean, let's be real here, though. There's like one way that this there's two ways this fight goes. Either it's Lemos controlling from distance the entire time with her to- her Muay Thai striking and distance and all that. But like Conejo is going to like try to run through all that in the beginning and she's going to get her in the clinch. The she's not going to be able to. No, she's no, she'll get, get her in the hit. clinch. She'll get her in the clinch. But I don't think she lands the head and arm throw this time. I, I just think like the size is a little bit too much in this one. Alex, what, what you, you seem to think something here. 
Yeah, um, man, I uh, so I'm a big Monster Hat Ruiz fan. I am. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I she's was awesome. Kid. Yeah, yes. she's rad. I've 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 talked to her. Um, I haven't done a video interview just because she doesn't like to do video interviews because her English is is broken and it's not it's not a uh, perfect. But um, so people are probably. I'm I'm going to guess one of the reasons why the, the line's so big is because of her last fight, which people are forgetting. She took that fight on less than a week's notice. Shine Base, who's she is the striker, right? And so Montreal Ruiz had the perfect game plan because she knew Cheyenne could not stop her throw. Had had it on throw, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just she couldn't do it, and and if you can't stop it. Fuck it, you know. I mean, <laughs> and, and she won, and she won. Now the, and it's crazy that she's only five foot. That that's it. that is insane to me. Um, <laughs> I saw I was, her, I saw her in in Arizona when I, when I was in at two sixty three, and she is oh, tiny. She's tiny. I was in Arizona for two sixty three. We should have met up. Yeah, for sure, we should have. Um, so, oh yeah. So, but Amanda, <laughs> Amanda Lem, Lemos. Yeah, um, she is coming. She is coming down from one thirty-five. She's a tank. She is a tank, and she throws bombs. Um, if and she, there is a big chance that Montserrat wants to box with her, she's not going to be able to, in my and, opinion. Yeah. And if she, and if she does that, she she's going to get put to sleep. Um, the thing is, is if Montserrat wrestles because she she was a she was a high school champion wrestler. Um, if she grapples with Amanda Lemos, I think she has a chance to UD her. I don't think that's going to happen, though. <laughs> um, that's fair. That's fair. She, I mean, there is – I just – I'm, I'm trying to take my bias out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm trying to, like – I like her so much that I'm like, you know, maybe there's this chance. I just don't yeah. know if, if there is. Um, although, if she does beat Amanda – she she takes her number fourteen ranking and she'll be ranked in her second. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, as huge underdogs in both fights. I would I would love for her to win as well. Um, I think the size is going to prove a problem. Yeah. She's literally she should be she's one of the girls that really suffers from not having an atom weight division. She's pretty much like on weight before even having to cut. That's going to be a problem against this girl Lemos who had to like we've talked about was up much higher weight classes and, and has to cut down now i will be concerned and, and want to see her at weigh-ins but one of the things that um you bring up which is very interesting we both did is that she's going to want to get into the clinch and how do you get into the clinch well you have to get through somebody striking lemos throws sit lands six strikes per minute six strikes per minute and she's had it's not she's had four fights you know what I mean? She, I mean, so uh, three fights. This will be her fourth. So her her stats are not necessarily super fluky. Like she's earned those six strikes per minute, and that's going to be a problem for Caneos. Caneo? Conejo. Con, con, I'm the worst. I took French. Con, Conejo. <laughs> Conejo. 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 Um, that's going to be a problem for her because I mean. In her one strike, I mean one strike. In her one fight versus uh, Bayes, you know she still only had a fifty-two percent striking defense, and she was on. She was busy throwing her for most of the fight. 
So yeah, that um, third round got a little scary, right? Right, very scary. So I actually kind of, after talking with Alex and maybe hearing some of his bias, I I think it puts me on the Lemos by finish. Yeah, which, which we could get at plus one ten. That's not even really that juicy. I like no plus two hundred by knockout. I was gonna say is actually yeah, what I'm most interested in. I was just worried about the submission too, but you're no, right. No, but uh, you're so, not gonna want to wrestle with her. No, you're gonna go okay. to the ground and pound. Just a little background. Um, I mean, when I was doing my notes originally for Conejo's uh, debut, I saw you know she's at a tenth planet. She's at a King's MMA. She's yeah. also a southpaw. But like the things I didn't like is like she's extremely heavy on her lead leg, doesn't move her head well, and doesn't really vary her entry. So it's like if you told me she was going for single legs and double legs, I might be like more willing to be like, well, she has more notice, her cardio will be better, you know, she looks like she's in great shape. But it's just tough to say like she's gonna go for the head and arm throw. Like that's what she's gonna do. And I just if it, it and that first entry into the clinch is gonna tell us so much about this fight. And like anyone that took her, like we're saying, you know, I mean, it's like yeah you know, plus, plus 410, plus 410. Like, yeah, you know, I, I mean, you want to take that chance if you think she's going to go out there with that game plan. I'm just afraid that she's not going to. And that head movement is just not there. And she's so it's four inches of height, four inches of reach. I really want to see Conejo win because she's a much more fun prospect. And like against the odds and like all that stuff, Lemos is already 34. So it's not like she's really like the youngest prospect out there at 115. Like Conejo is only 28. She's young in miles on her tread, though. They have the same amount of fights, right? Yeah, but, I mean, that like, Ruiz is built more like a tank, you know? Like, so if, if she comes out there with, with better cardio and she gets in and she's going for single legs and double legs so that there's better control instead of going for the throw and possibly you mean, getting reversed. You mean Lemos is built more like a tank? No, I right. mean, Ruiz, like, she's short, compact, and, like, oh, well, sturdy. Like small tank, but like, I guess. But, like, well, yeah, I mean, but <laughs> Lemos... No, but like Lemos, I see her more as like like her total size, and she did cut down a lot. So like, she, it's not like she's like the biggest as far as like stacked muscle or anything. She's very wiry and like, and, and she's a beast in that regard. And she's a tank herself. I just think like when we're talking about like someone like Conejo, like I, I think she's usually the one dealing out damage and, and controlling fights. It was just like that Danielle Taylor loss was really not not a great look on her record in Invicta especially given like the volume that Taylor normally throws. Yeah. But I mean, Daniel Taylor is like an established veteran, you know, towards the tail end of her career at that point. But you know, like that, it's not the worst loss ever. Obviously it's would be better if she won. (laughs) It just, it just shows to me that like, if she lost a fight like that, like I didn't think Cheyenne Baez was necessarily ready for the UFC, a Dana White contender series fade opportunity. And Lamosh is just like, not that person. Like she beat Mizuki. She beat Lavinia Sosa. She beat Miranda Granger. And she lost to Leslie Smith. I just don't think Conejo is Leslie Smith. In her debut. Point. Yeah, exactly. So, At so 135. On, so, <laughs> Angie, any, any last any last uh, thoughts, Alex? I was going to say, and she took two years off because she popped uh, for uh, for uh, banned substances. Oh, um, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so, so, so she was suspended for two years. Um, man, um, I'm obviously rooting for uh, Rui. I, I think we all are. And that's a good reason to stay away from the fight from a betting perspective or just take a very, very small flyer on Rui's money line if that's, you know, if you're that kind of, you know, if you have that kind of uh, soft heart. But Yeah, no, for um, sure. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I just, um, I just have a bad feeling she's going to try and 
have that Mexican spirit and try and box with 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 Amanda, and and she's going to get beat up. Mm. It's very possible. So that's that's that is kind of why I guess we lean towards Lemos by KO plus two hundred. But we all kind of hope that we don't see it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so now, I mean, this now we're on to the featured prelim, right? Uh, we got a late notice replacement. I was pretty disappointed to see Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov fall out of his fight. Uh, that that was, you know, really sad, especially with the great performance he put on against Gooden in his last time out. But Rodriguez, once again, you know, he gets a guy that is getting a call up to the UFC, had a really nice performance in his last time out. But, um, I mean, uh, it was funny because we were, like, just watching before we came on, and the cage was so small. And, and Guru goes, it looks like human cockfighting. And, like, seriously, like, I mean, the – the absolute style of Preston Parsons is going to be to come forward, throw bombs, and then engage, get to that single or double leg entry, get the takedown, smother all nine of his wins are by submission on his tapology record. Um, I'm hearing that things could be slightly different when we look into the tape or maybe the specifics of how it happened. I personally didn't have time to break down all the Parsons tapes, so shout out to Lock of the Night. Um, I would definitely follow his thoughts as far as uh, breaking down the tape on this one. But um, from what I saw just in, like, the real quick aspects of Parsons, because, I mean, this came together quick, and I just think that he's not technical enough. He's a bit more of a brute force type of guy. He is a round one knockout loss to Mike Perry on his record in his second career fight. Uh, Also, Perry's second career fight. So that was pretty interesting. But he's only 25 years old, right? Third career fight, but it's all right. Oopsies. It's all good. It's not really yeah, a big hey, deal. Nah. But, Listen, uh, Mike, yeah. Mike Perry was knocking out everybody in 2015, right? Yeah, but I mean, also, early, early in your MMA career, you know, especially now to be 9-2, and two, to be getting knocked out early is definitely something that shows that you have that off button. I know it's against a high-level guy like Perry, so you can't discount him too much for that. But, like, Daniel Rodriguez, to me, that's as high level as it gets. Um, as far as like an entry level opponent in the UFC, like walking right. in on short notice to Daniel Rodriguez, that's um, a tough. I, I would never sign up for that. This is one of the toughest guys, you know. I mean, he knocks out he 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 should have knocked out Tim Means, and then he ends up getting a submission because it went on to the next round. But like he had him like grasping on at the end there, and like Daniel Rodriguez to come in and make that type of impression against that type of veteran, and then he has wins against Gabe Green, which like yeah, you needed to win that fight. That uh, was his probably Grant. his toughest fight so far. Uh, I don't know, man. Dwight Grant was his – he gets yeah. dropped. Oh, that's true. That's he true. turtles yeah. up. Uh, Tanyoni gives him plenty of time to that's recover. I, but yeah, but he was sensible with his turtling, and I really think, you know, he didn't – then he gets up, and then he is able to catch Dwight Grant, and then he drops him consecutive times. Yeah, that was a sick that, fight. Like, I mean, oh, man. Reminds me, of, reminds me of Pat Barry and Czech Congo. That shit was crazy. Yeah. And then we come full circle. Mike Perry, unanimous decision. In uh, you his skip, last time well, out. you skipped the big problem where he actually beat Nicholas Dalby. Dalby, and it cost us a fuck ton of money. Yeah, that, that was they, very. That the judge gave it to Dalby. So really, really, Daniel Rodriguez should be five and zero in the UFC, but he's four and one, and he's getting his possibly his easiest opponent to date. Sounds like an easy check fight of the night. I mean, or performance of the night bonus for him. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, so um, I'm 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 very high on uh, Daniel Rodriguez. Um, I think he should be five and zero in the UFC as well. Um, I talked to him um, 
I talked to him last week, uh, the day that he found out that uh, his his opponent got um, got hurt. So Where can we check out that interview, by the way? Um, it was a phone call, so I think I, I think I'm going to transcribe it, and it'll be out tomorrow. Okay, cool. Um, but uh, the big thing I took from it is this is his second fight camp where he's where he where he's had a whole fight camp because uh, the first four fights in the UFC first four fights in the UFC mm-hmm. were all short notice fights. Oh, um, wow. Pandemic era stuff. Yeah, exactly. So he had a full camp with Mike Perry uh, and, and beat the shit out of Mike Perry. That was, yes. that was, that that wasn't was a fight. satisfying. It was, it was, it was a near perfect performance and he had good. a torn, and he had a torn pack in that uh, fight. Oh, and still beat the shit out of him. Um, now, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know a whole lot about Preston Parsons. Um, I, I I I know the bare minimum, just like most people, that he has a 100% finish rate. Um, and he he comes forward. Uh, a colleague of mine, John Bitter, who's the MMA on uh, MMA Wizard on Twitter, but he is a must follow. Um, yeah, we definitely follow, but oh, everybody yeah. else should too. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I mean, he's. The, the best prospect guy on in in MMA media, he's high on uh, Preston Parsons, and um, he thinks that he's very deserving of this call up and fight. And um, but I just think that Daniel Rodriguez is just the better fighter, man. He, um, I mean, I think he beat Dolby like you know, like I already already said. So he should be for uh, fifteen and one. And his only other loss was a split decision to Victor, and I think he won that too. So he should be undefeated, man. And he he he, he comes from uh, Combate. He has the experience. Um, his boxing's crisp. Really um, good. Yeah, very, very, very good. He's a very, very good fighter. And um, he said in my previous interview that he knows that his time's limited in the sport because he's. I think he's already thirty. Yeah, he's 34. You got yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. So he knows time's limited. Uh, he knows that you know um, he he's, he's in his prime, and if he's and if he's going to go for the title, it's his time now. So I think he beats Preston Parsons. I don't know if it's a finish. Um, it it's probably going to be a banger of a fight, to be honest. Um, and if it does, and if it's you know, so it, it could easily be fight of the night because that's what Daniel Rodriguez brings. D Rod D Rod comes forward. <laughs> yes. Minus two ninety that it does not go the distance, so they are predicting a finish in this. Wow. One. Okay. No, it, All right. It, so it, it could go either way. I think. I mean, and I mean, D Rod's mm-hmm. not going to get the sub, right? So. Um. I mean, we say it? that, but Parsons has a submission loss, and both of his losses have been by finish. So every single fight that Parsons has ever been in has ended in a finish. However, those are generally the type of guys that they make their debut and they fucking go the distance, right? Well, so I guess I mean you get to I guess you get to cut your odds in half. So instead of minus three hundred for D Rod, you can get him at minus one sixty by finish. Hmm. So All you right. can cut. You get your. Cut. I mean, to me, I'm just D Rod's another piece of my parlay. So you take him and our first fight, Rodrigo Nascimento, and uh, you throw them together. And uh, where does that put us so far? Um, not That's enough fair. for me to pull the trigger. We got a minus 350 and a minus 300, so we're at minus 140. But don't worry. We got another leg on that parlay coming up. And uh, 
Yeah, yeah, but we'll we'll get there soon. But uh, yeah, that guys, that's another piece for me. Daniel Rodriguez should run away with this fight. I don't feel comfortable about any method because he's won by every single method in the UFC. So I'm not going to take my chances here because if he hurts him, he could get that standing guillotine. If Parsons goes for the grappling, Rodriguez is good off his back. He's at a um, tenth planet, so I mean, he knows what he's doing out there. Um, yeah, so parlay piece for me. It's pretty yeah, simple. I think I agree too. I, it is a little too sketchy to to hammer down to one specific um, method another, another site that uh i think mma media uh, mma mania they say rodriguez by ud um just because of the uh parson parsons has has a wrestling base i guess um so that's just another aspect to the fight um i don't i'm with you guys i, I don't know I don't know how D-Rod's going to win, but I know he's going to win. Just put it that way. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So that's a nice consensus pick right there. Seems like we feel good about it, so I plan to lose that one miserably. Yeah, right. Goes. <laughs> uh, and don't, don't worry. Badu's going to win by a flying spin yes. kick, so yes. it's going to be great. Let's get on to the fun. We made it to the main card, and um, this is one of those other fights I was talking about down the line here. Um Gabriel Benitez, Mowgli, we got minus 164, Billy Q, Billy Quarantine, as Dan Tom might say, Billy Quarantillo, <laughs> one of the best personalities out there as far as uh, new guys on the scene, uh, came out of Dana White Contender Series, he's a legit Gracie black belt, um, he was actually also on Ultimate Fighter, uh, yeah. at least on a finale, yeah, 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 Ultimate yeah. Fighter, um, he was on the season. Yeah, I mean, he was at Gracie Tampa. He was also Sarah Longo fight team. So Billy Q, he's been he's been grappling with some legit guys. There's no question about that. Um, we saw it in just about every single one of his fights, except for against Gavin Tucker, where he really didn't get the opportunity to grapple offensively because he couldn't really get him down. That was a little concerning. But now he comes in against Gabriel Benitez, someone that doesn't have quite the same type of takedown defense, but... I got a feeling that Billy's going to do his classic round one thing, and we're going to see like a beatdown early. And as long as Billy survives that, I mean, I think he turns the tides, does his normal thing, gets a little late turnaround. But uh, I'm real sketched out to place a bet on this fight before it starts because I do think Benitez is going to be landing some heavy stuff early. Uh, you know, is it a finish? Is it not? I'm not sure. He didn't look great on the scale last time, missing weight. He's got to go back up. Uh, so maybe the power isn't carrying as much. Benitez, um, he is six and four in the UFC. His wins aren't against the best names, you know, Bandanai, Knight, Cecilia, Collard, Morrison. Not the most impressive stuff. And then his losses come against some pretty impressive names: Omar Morales, Sadiq Yusuf, Barzola, Feely. Two of those are round one knockouts. So like, not that I think Billy Q has the best striking, but like Benitez has shown he has an off button. So. There's just so much variability for me in this one. And, like, I see a lot of people jumping on the Billy Q side. You know, it slid to plus 136 now. He opened up closer to, like, a plus 150, plus 160, at least on FanDuel where we could get him. Um, I just uh, – I don't have as strong a pull on this one as I did earlier with Morozov. I might yeah. end up playing Billy Q after weigh-ins. I might wait to play it live. What do you think? So what, what Billy Q lacks in power – he makes up for in volume, but with that volume, he puts himself in a lot of reckless situations, and it shows in his striking defense stats. Uh, 42%. He, that, that means that he's taking weight, even though he's going out of his way to inflict seven strikes per minute. Um, it, it doesn't 
it's not helping that your your defense is so low. And then you put into perspective that he's also kind of a slow starter in that first round. Um, it makes for this fight to be quite sketchy. And then you start breaking down Mowgli Benitez. And again, it's it's about just as sketchy. Was supposed to fight Jonathan Pierce, misses weight, and Jonathan Pierce says, no, I will not fight you. Uh, we haven't seen Jonathan Pierce since, unfortunately. I hope he gets another fight. Um so I, it's just it's kind of interesting. So I guess right, he goes, he changes changes weight class. Right now he's at featherweight, back to featherweight, I should say, to to try to uh, make weight more religiously, I guess, to to try harder at the weight cut. How do you miss weight at? Oh, the 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 Pierce fight was going to be at featherweight. Did I mess that up? Um, what was that yeah. fight scheduled at? So. Because his last fight versus Justin James was a lightweight fight, and he, you know, that was a that was a weird fight because he's kind of got hit in that fight and he his eye swelled up. But I that think, knee to yeah. the body was beautiful. A lot of the trouble with the weight classes also is that like there were a lot of short notice fights and like catch weights during the pandemic when Quintilla right. was fighting, and then you had Benitez moving up and down weight. But this one is going to be at one forty five, right? So so yeah, it is. So the thing with what I see with Billy Q is that he relies on his movement and what is Benitez best at leg kicks and leg kicks are going to really hinder that movement. You watched um, Mowgli Benitez kick the back leg of Justin James, not his lead leg, but the back one. And that shut James down really uh, emphatically. Um, It it kind of, when, when all of MMA Twitter starts jumping on a dog like that, I, I start to get a little nervous and um, I really, really like Billy Q as a person. Um, but this fight, he, he has me a little nervous. So I do want to see weigh-ins, of course, especially at such a low weight, lightweight class and what we talked about with Gabriel Benitez's weight-cutting issues. Um, I like this fight, call me crazy, but this fight not to go the distance at plus 120. Hmm. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, we we more Alex. We need more Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Billy Q's first fight with LASIK surgery. LASIK surgery. Mm. Um, all all of his uh, previous fights, he's fighting with contact contacts. Oh, illegal, last, technically. Yeah, and his in his lap, and so um, so that is going to play a big factor in this fight, um, in my opinion. Um, Gabriel Benitez, that knee that he landed against Justin James was disgusting. Oh my god! So perfect. Oh man, he went like flying across the octagon. Oh man, it hurt so bad. You could just tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I like all of your guys' points, um, but I think this is an easy win for for uh, Billy Q. I, wow. I think he's gonna. Um, I think he's just gonna decision Benitez. Um, before his loss to Gavin Tucker, he was on an eight fight win streak. And, um, you know, the, it was very impressive. Um, he's been around the block. He's been on tough. He's been on the contender series. He's, um, he's, he's a vet now, um, at, at only, at only 32. Mm. Um, and I think the, hopefully Benitez has his weight, um, you know, all good. Um, I don't think he's going to miss, but you know, that, that weight cut might, play um mind games with him 
you know what I'm saying? Um, and who knows how his training camp went. Um, I didn't get, I didn't get the chance to talk to him. And I had, I haven't seen a lot of media talk to him either. Mm-hmm. So that that is interesting. But um, I do think Billy Q will will defeat him unanimous unanimous decision. Wow. So not only can you get Billy Q as your underdog money lines at plus 136, but you can get Billy Q by decision at plus 290. So, yeah. Now, my my question, because knowing Billy Q and, like, Gabriel Benitez doesn't have, like, the best gas tank or anything, and Billy Q is known to, to get his grappling going late, you know, he looks like he was in great shape from what I saw, what he posted, I think, um on instagram he looks shredded yeah i think you sent it to me guru um and uh damn so if if we say you know maybe like round three or decision you know that that could be you know something interesting so plus 240 uh, plus 240 for billy q then you could say maybe he gets a late finish or or it goes the distance and that that seems pretty attractive at plus 240 now we're talking my language and like I feel like Alex, yeah, that's a really good note on the LASIK. That's um, that is such a huge thing, especially for a striking defense. If you see the strikes coming a little bit clearer, and he's a vet now, you're right. Um, I don't think that he's going to be uh, any quicker Benitez than than Gavin Tucker as far as the striking goes. But uh, I do think another important thing to note is that it's tough when someone is on the front foot against you and backing you up to get off leg kicks. So if Quarantillo uh, is putting on the pressure, then uh, Benitez might not be able to to get him stopped he, as much. He does come out in every single fight. And the first, I mean, within five seconds, he smashes you with a leg kick. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, no, it's a question of, you, oh, you have to be. You have to be. It's in the game plan. But Quarantillo, uh, can he over time get him to go away from them? Uh, even on the earlier side, just from pushing the pace I, and I getting think, in his face. And I, th- I think you can. Yeah, and I he's got he's, that Homer Simpson approach. So I, I think he saw that in the Omar Morales fight where yes. Benitez's strike started to dwindle. Mm-hmm. So. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it, it seems like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of coming around more now on the Billy Q side. Uh, I'm not I quite well. sure I'm, I'm locking it in. Neither but, am I. Uh, I want to see, see the weigh-in. And take a look out on our on our socials for our final bets, you know, because I, I always putting them out there, you know, whatever the big ones are uh, to finish out the week. So uh, keep also, an eye because now I'm thinking about that. And what do you got? No, I was going to say also, you know, Billy Q is coming off his loss, right? And, and he hasn't lost mm, in, in, in a, a lot. So, yeah, exactly. It's been a long time. Um, it's been since... He was on a very long streak. It was like eight fights or something. Yeah, 2016 is the last time he lost. It was eight fight, win streak, snapped. That's um, right, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, um, so mm. I, I think that's also, you know, he's coming in to prove something. Um, he felt embarrassed with that loss against Gavin Tucker. Um, so that's another just another aspect in, in play um, mm. that, that, that he's, he's, he's coming out. <laughs> oh, Damn. my goodness. These um, names are juicy. Damn, oh I'm getting the tingle now. <laughs> well, oh, easy with your tingle, all right there, pal. You, you handle that after the podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, so that brings us to our next fight, which I think <laughs> is uh, going to be the first one of the fight card that I am going to strictly tell you to stay the fuck away from this fight. <laughs> um, uh, Jesus Christ, dude! No, serious, man. Like the more I think about it, the more I look into it. Rodolfo Vieira, Dustin Solchus. 
Why why would do I need to make a bet on this fight? I, I'm gonna have degenerate. bets early. I'm gonna have bets late. Adolfo Vieira. How can you trust his gas tank? But at the same time, how can you underrate his wrestling and ability to get that first round sub? I mean, either one is so primed to happen. Solstice, if he survives this early storm, uh, people are gonna be lining up at the window to place live bets on him. Um Vieira, he's got that round two finish uh against Pichota, but it didn't look so pretty good in there. Can I jump in real quick and just yeah, yes. please? Bet Vieira, he's 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 gonna win this fight. He's, wow. He is. Okay. Uh, Dustin right. Dustin is good. Um, he just doesn't he just doesn't have the um, he just doesn't have, he just doesn't have it to beat Vieira. Uh, wow. Vieira will okay. be yeah. Vieira will beat him. I like it. That's a, he doesn't that's a, have the same striking as Fluffy. That's for sure. No, he doesn't have the fluff of striking as fluffy. Exactly. I, I just I find myself so I guess maybe it's just Rodolfo Vieira hating. I, I see I feel like I'm I'm smelling value in Stoll's fist. I see twisters on twisting twister wins on his resume. I see a knee bar win on his resume. I'm thinking this guy can grapple. I'm thinking he may not get submitted. Even if he gets ten aided in the first and can hold off on getting choked out. I, I mean, how in your right mind can you put your hard-earned cash on Rodolfo Vieira? Whether he quit or not in his last fight with Fluffy is only for him to know. It seemed like he was pretty much concussed. But, I mean, that gas tank was suspect in the, the Pachota fight in his debut. And the Saparov fight, if he didn't sub Saparov in the third minute of that first round, uh, his eye was swollen shut. I don't know that they would have let him come out for a second round. So I, I really, I just, I'm so very much concerned. You, He was a huge favorite versus Hernandez, loses, and comes out and is a huge favorite again. Um, um, I think it's a little different as far as like the line goes, just because. Of course, it's different. Yeah, it was minus five hundred to minus two fifty. It's and a I huge think difference. And I think Stoltzfus is worse than Hernandez. That's why, like the re- I, mm, I, I totally yeah. get what Alex is saying because, like, I do when too. I'm handi- when I'm handicapping this fight, I'm saying Vieira should be like a minus five hundred against this guy, and like the first round submission is going to be what happens. But like, wow. just. From like a, a mental standpoint and like uh, it's about the bets you don't All make right. versus the bets you do. Like to me, like it's so clear what's going to happen. But like because I got burned the specific way last time, like I didn't even really like parlay Vieira or do anything crazy. It was just like the belief in him. And then just to be let down and think that someone has like that level. And then you go back and watch the fight. And I think you kind of mentioned it. Like we talked a lot about like, oh, the gas tank, this, the gas tank, that. But like. He got concussed on like three or four different strikes and um, continually getting dropped to his knees to go for shoot for takedowns. And I think it had a lot more to do with that than than just the gas tank. Yeah, I I I, I would certainly tend to agree. I, I find myself really struggling. So well you made an interesting point though, and I wasn't necessarily doing that. I guess I was doing the opposite. I'm taking the recency bias too much and um, that's a problem. So maybe as you're saying, it should be a minus 500 again. And now the recency bias has pushed that line down to minus 250. You know, that means that there should be value on Vieira if that's the case. 
Yeah, and, it's uh, just well, the bad taste. So that's why I said stay away. Because so to me, like, that, why not? That's what it means to me. Well, all right, but not to, to make, fade, right? But to make it interesting, why not look at? I guess the only thing that's really possible then, right? Vieira in submission in round one is plus two hundred. Uh, uh, Vieira by submission in round two is plus seven hundred. And if you had to do that round grouping prop that we like, um, where is that? Here it is. Uh, Vieira round one or two minus 105. Hmm. Those are the ways to get it to a much more palatable bet. Um, Still insane, I, obviously. I hope I stick to my guns on this one just because, like, when I tell myself not to bet a fight and you're then gonna I end bet, up you're, betting. You're going to be off work for a game. You're going to be betting. You're going to be off work. Um, yeah. Also, let me just a couple Please. other things. So, Dustin, um, before he went um, and got got a contract, you know, he, he got that contract on the on the Dana White contender series <laughs> by, by breaking that dude's arm. Right? Do you, do you remember that? Yes. Yes. With the slam. Yes. Yeah. 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 So before that, Brutal. I, I he, he only he only fought in Germany because he 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 lived out there. So. Mm. And if you only fight in one part of the world, I believe that it's it's kind of like the Alaska FC kind of thing where a lot of those guys are just trash cans. I'm not saying that Dustin is a trash can. I'm, I'm not saying that he fought a bunch of cans, but that's all, that's you know that's that's on my mind. That's on it's my a trend. Mind. Yeah, exactly. And, I didn't say it. It's something I heard from somebody else that I kind of. <laughs> agree with what's that michael scott line it's it wasn't my joke it was my brother's <laughs> exactly exactly and um you know it just fluffy's win over viera is it's just one of those things it's just one of those wins that that's going to go down in history you know what i'm saying it's yeah. just a, it's just one of those you know it, it's a one of those things that will go down in history and will would it happen again who knows Probably not. Um, but I just think that Vieira, one, he was he was fucking embarrassed to all hell, right? He's embarrassed. So and he and he said that you know he his gas tank fucked up. He, he gassed himself. He's not gonna do that again. It will not happen again. He's not gonna gas himself. Dustin does not have better striking, so he's not gonna piece him up on the feet. And if they get down to the ground. Dustin is not going to um, be the 80 cc champion, one of the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys on the planet. Um, so I just don't know. I just don't see a way Dustin wins this unless unless he outpoints him, which I just don't see that happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And nah, I feel that. Because the just, wrestling is good of Vieira. It's not like he's not a good wrestler. Exactly. It goes along with the BJJ. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, he's just such a gigantic dude. I I do want to see him on the scales. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I, I think this is just like levels. Said, yeah, exactly. It's it's levels to it. Um, I don't. I'm I'm kind of with you. I think this is just not a bettable fight. Just don't do it because for some reason, if Vieira does lose, like. <laughs> I don't think you lose. could ever live yourself down if you bet him this one. <laughs> After like taking him in the lesson, like it's just like that mental thing. Like you might have to quit betting MMA forever. Like, so it's like, I'm just trying to stay in the game. And if I could stay away from this one fight, I told myself to stay away from, I'll be so proud of myself. 
So hey. we'll see how I do. Check in after the fights. No, we're we're betting it. I'm gonna get you sipping that JMO. You're gonna you're gonna be bad. I put my whole. I put the. I put ten units on Dustin Stolfus. Let's go. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Well, let's get on to our next fight. Um, we probably spent too much time on that one, but it was fun. I had a great time. <laughs> uh, uh, so now we got a really interesting one on Jeremy Stevens versus Matthias Gamrat. And uh, oh, when Gamrat, <laughs> real quick, just real quick. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm sorry. It was, it says no, please. Gamrat's going to be first round stoppage. That's yes. Whoa. Yes, this is my Whoa. final leg of my parlay. Let's go. Let's go, Alex. Thank yeah. you. He's, you just he's, gave me the confidence, man. He's going to beat the shit out of Jeremy Stevens first round. Wow. Hell yeah. Beat the Hell shit yeah. out of Jeremy. Wow. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. So let's get – you You want to hear why? Let's get into like the breakdown of, of why that's going to happen. All yeah, right. Talk to me. So just from a statistical standpoint, when, when you first look at Jeremy Stevens, I mean, he's not like – terrible on surface level you know he lands three he only receives three so he's like kind of even but like 40 percent accuracy and 58 percent defense you know it not great it, it's Middling. he's getting he's getting hit a little bit more than he's landing and um level of competition was would be my first rebuttal to that yes but but um at the same time like as you've seen him in recent years here um it just hasn't been uh, too pretty for Stevens. I mean, that dude was inches away from getting finished on the feet by Yair Rodriguez before turning it around and, you know, like putting he on should, That should have been a five-round round. fight. He was going to win that fight. It was a five-round fight like it should have been. He was going to okay. win that fight. All right. Could've. So this is going to – maybe. Well, this is going to be a three-round fight. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyways, uh, you know, I mean, listen, yes, we're talking level of competition, all these great names that Stevens has faced. The dude is 15 and 17 in the UFC. He's got some fucking tread on those tires. And he's been knocked out three times. He's been subbed three times. And 12 decision losses. I mean, tread on the tires. And I don't think that Stevens is getting any better at this point. His knockout win over Josh Emmett was fucking bullshit. Alex posted something not too long ago. It got me all my blood all boiling. Like, yeah, I, I uh, hated that win. Yeah, I, I really because I really like Josh Emmett. He's had a tough run. Yeah, I feel oh, he's one of my favorites, and he's just, you're right. Like his body just has taken damage that it never should have, and um, it's disappointing. Yeah. But like, no, so Jeremy Stevens, that's one of his wins. His other win before that, do uh, you got Choi by round two knockout? You got. The, the corpse of Gilbert Melendez in 2017, <laughs> the corpse of Henan Barrao in, in 2016, Dennis Bermudez in 2015, and Darren Elkins, who, like, as much as Suspicion. we love the damage, like, come on, man. Like, those are those are some of his most recent, like, big-name wins. Like, and then you go all the way back, and sure, he's got, like, plenty more names on there, but, like, none that we really want to talk about. His best uh, win ever is in 2008. Uh, his knockout yeah. win in round three over Rafael Dos Anjos at UFC 91. And great. versus Lesnar. Back in 2008. Now, look That's at Gamrot. He comes over. He's with American Top Team. He's been training hands-on with Dustin Poirier, getting him ready for the trilogy fight. You see all the stuff of them together. That's a great sign. You see he was the KSW lightweight champion from 2016 to 2020. He was also the featherweight champion from 2018 to 2019. So, he knows a little something about being champ champ. Uh, he's got Whoa. wrestling, Muay Thai, BJJ, boxing. He's got amateur so he's a, MMA He's a mixed martial artist. 
He, yeah, he's got, he's got, <laughs> no, but like, I would say he uses all of those. He's well rounded. Well. Like, it's not, it's not that he just has those on, like, oh, this is what I do. Like, he's got BJJ competitions that he, he's come away with ADCC. Uh, his coach is wrestling world champion, Andres Kocheleski. Uh, I probably butchered that name, but he's got this stable of guys that have really been preparing him. And then he comes in and makes his debut, huge favorite against Gurum Kutateladze. And I don't think you can make a tougher debut against someone that has such a low name, but like his his level of grappling and just unpredictability, his willingness to throw crazy strikes and just making an ugly fight. And people still thought Gamra won that fight, which I'm not 100% sure how I felt. Like I, I thought Kutateladze. Where is Gurum, by the way? He he was supposed to fight actually Don on Mash, this card. Right. Yeah, Don and, um But uh, he had to pull out, I think. Um, I don't even know but, if Don Madge is still with the promotion. It's a good question. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Gamrot now, he fights really well switch. Uh, he could get it any which way. He had a crazy knockout of, of Holtzman in round two. But um, yeah, I just think Stevens, he doesn't, he throws caution to the wind. Gamrot is really just, he, and he's going to be worried about the takedowns of Gamrot, which kind of opens up the striking even more and, yeah, I could totally see a first-round finish. I can see Gamrot winning any which way here. So just take him. I mean, third leg of my parlay. You got him at minus 215. So that boosts your parlay now. You got Nascimento, Daniel Rodriguez, and Gamrot, plus 151. Hammer. Wow. Gamrot round one is plus 430 if you're really feeling spicy. Maybe a little spicy, a uh, little sprinkle, you know? This is Jeremy Stevens. Um, um, what, what is it? It's it's this is basically UFC giving him a a, a punishment for that's what for, that I was about to say that too because I think fight night picks were were on that as well they they I it's you it, they were supposed to fight your car close which is uh, I think a similar matchup in some aspects but not as tough I I think that Gamrod is a little bit more well rounded especially in the wrestling and uh, yeah yeah no I mean, no this, this is the UFC punishing Jeremy Stevens for. Uh, <laughs> Uh, for hurting Jakar Gosa and ruining that that coming event, um, <laughs> this is also Jeremy Stephen going up to lightweight for the first time since two thousand. Mm. No, it's not two thousand eight. It's was it against uh, Eve Levine? Not, not yeah, Eve. wow, Eve yeah. Edwards. Edwards, yeah. Um, so Long time ago, two thousand twelve. Yeah. Two thousand twelve. So it's been eleven years. That's a long time. Um, and that's nine years. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, I, I just, unless Jeremy Stevens knocks him out in the first round, he has, there's no way he wins this fight. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're probably right. And it's, and, it, and it's a, it's a good way to cut through the bullshit because somebody like me really likes Jeremy Stevens and tries to find a way. Oh, well he's lost to, you know, only top guys. And, you know, I try to find a way to cut it. And, uh, you know, you found a way I mean, to cut through the bullshit. So I, I, mean, I like that. You're, you're totally right. He's, he has lost to a bunch of killers, you know? Um, but also it's just, it's just, he's just not the same. Yeah. Yeah. He should have been gone probably a while. I mean, if it wasn't, if he didn't fight everybody who he's fought, he probably would have been cut by now. 100%. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, so sounds like we got another consensus pick, uh, which makes me feel even better about the parlay. And uh, now let's get on to our co-main event, one that 
I mean, if you have a strong take and a heavy lean on the side, that's great. But I mean, there's so many variables in this fight outside of just the cold, hard statistics. And like, is Marion Renault fully motivated in her retirement fight? Is Misha Tate, you know, after, you know, giving birth like last year, is this like a, I want to get back in and prove it type, like a, a Nina Nunes thing? Or is this like Misha Tate is in like some of the best shape we've ever seen her physically well, and like ready to come sure out that. and prove a point? So, I mean, I, I lean towards the Tate side, but, you know, looking at how this fight opened, um, right now we got Misha Tate at minus 144 and Marion Renault at plus 118, which is probably fair. I, I really do think that Tate should be able to get to the grappling aspect of this fight and, and, and you know, find her way and, you know, celebrate a nice return over a solid name in the division. But yeah, I mean, like she opened a minus 130 line keeps on getting pushed to minus 142 on FanDuel. So I think the people kind of see what's going on. Uh, the UFC would love for Misha Tate to win. Um, that's obvious. So I, I would say like, listen, minus 142, that's pretty playable on its own. If you wanted a little action on this fight. Also, if you want to say like Marion Renault has never been finished before in her career and she doesn't want to end her career by getting finished. I mean, maybe maybe you want to say that it, I mean, it's a decision win. You have to figure that Marion Renault, whatever she has left, she's going to empty the gas tank because she's got nothing left to lose. This is she. This is it for her. So she's gonna. She's just gonna throw. I mean, I don't, I don't know that she's gonna throw caution to the wind in terms of being reckless, but I I just mean in terms of making sure to leave nothing, no stone unturned. Like she's gonna try really hard would be my thought unless she's just phoning it in for 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 a check but i don't think that's the Mm. case yeah alex what what are you thinking here man um i think misha tate beat uh, marion renault um i think misha tate is fighting for something different now um she She's been, I mean, she said it in, in every interview. She's been very open about it. I mean, she was in a very toxic relationship with uh, Brian Caraway. I'll just, mm. that, that fucking douchebag. Um, and, you know, um, it, that's, that's what it was. And so now she's refocused. She's, she's a mama bear. She um, has a new team around her, um, new, new training partners. Um, I think. I don't think she's going to go in there and you know, beat the shit out of Marion Renault because Marion Renault has never really had that happen to her. She's always kept it com- uh, competitive. She's lost a lot of split decisions. She's definitely not the most exciting fighter. Um, that's uh, <laughs> might be a, that might be an understatement. Yeah, um, I was going to say. <laughs> um, but I think this is a, just it's a perfect coming uh, perfect opponent opponent for for Misha Tate to come back. Um, and 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 get that win and with the win she'll she'll be in the rankings she'll probably fight yana kunakaya next maybe uh, irene aldana like a big a big name next and then she'll fight amanda nunez again um wow yeah i uh i think this is for real um, i'm very curious to see how she looks because she looks she, she looks shredded on instagram I and mean, she looks in the yeah. best shape she's possibly ever been in her life in that respect i just wonder five years out of the octagon you know we learned from like mcgregor you can't you can't there's no substitute for a time in the octagon so five years away 
I, I do worry that if she takes a punch and just is like, whoa, I, you know what? Maybe I don't want this as much as I thought I did. I mean, listen, you, she's, you got to figure more. She's a former UFC champion, former strike force champion. And of course is in the, in the gym sparring. Right. So I, I just, I, I like know. your thought there. I, 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 I do. I appreciate that. I just don't think that. Like Renault's the one to push it. That. Yeah. For, for 100%. And I think she, she's in there for a reason like she is mm. she was embarrassed in her last fight she's like for, against pennington yeah, yeah recovering and beat the shit out of her yeah she really did like that was not pretty and and you know we actually saw her start mixing in like a few leg kicks early like it was like she came out looking solid and she gets that one takedown Can, you're like all right she all got right. her then, uh, she got her good. nose smashed in and choked out by amanda nunez and takes that fight four months later who the fuck who is her manager at that point? What the what is who does that to her? Why did the UFC do that to her? That's mm. horrible. Yeah. Um, That's really horrible. She also said during media day this this week that um she had the, she had the chance to fight on that McGregor card, but but she chose not to. So mm. Uh, mm. a very big um just something to to, to keep in mind because she, she you know she finally. Fighting on a, on, on a McGregor card is humongous. So, do you think she just didn't want the the pressure? Maybe because she got the co-main event, so she still got the pressure. So, I'm curious as to why she wouldn't have done that. I think it's she wanted her own fight week, maybe. Mm. Yeah, and um, and you know, it it could be pressure, you know. But mm. uh, that's interesting. Yeah, no, for sure. So, talk um, about a. Uh... Yeah, definitely. I mean, tasty possible prop idea. I'm feeling like I'm coming around on this Misha Tate money line. Um, it's really not that wide, especially. Mm-mm. Yeah, you're right. The way the narrative leans, I mean, it really should be Tate, right? And maybe, I mean, you know, the decision is plus one ten. It's boosted but, uh, on Fanduel at the moment, which always gives us some sort of pause. So that's why I was kind of seeing like Misha Tate by submission is plus eight fifty, and like Renault in her last fight. Like I heard James Krause talking about it. You start worrying like she's never gonna be thinking about a fight camp or fighting again. And like at this point, like where she might have not given up to something in the past to a bad position to something she's like never is been this finished. where. Is this where it's like, well, this is my last fight, and like, what do I have to fight for anymore? And she like, has if her, I get finished, like, she plus has a fifty submission. Plus she has her son in her corner, Marion Renault. I know from listening to the UFC Unfiltered mm. pod, she has her son in her corner. Uh, like, I believe you know, a teenager or young adult. So I, I don't think that she's gonna go out there and get subbed, mm. for, also, choked out in front of her family. Yeah. Also, she's the oldest fighter on the UFC roster. Mm. Uh, that's the fact. Uh, two weeks older than Alexia Lenick. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus also, Christ. Yeah. Also, uh, you have to take into the fact that the MMA gods will not let you retire on a win. Mm. So, um, also, uh, just that's just, it's just a fact. I like that. <laughs> All right. So, um, unless you're Khabib, but that was, I was about to say, right. that doesn't count. <laughs> well, if you ask Dana, he's not retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, he's coming back. Or how about Henry Cejudo retiring on a win? That was forced too. Here we are, guys. We made it to the main event and the widest line of the whole entire card. And, I mean, can we really argue with it too much? I mean, listen, if if you ask me, um, you know, what do you want to see? I want to see chaos. I want to see, you know, the big underdogs win. Chaos Williams. All that. (laughs) Chaos Williams. (laughs) He'll be coming back at some point. But, uh, 
Um, yeah. So, I mean, Tiago Moises plus 540 and the protege um, following father's plan. Uh, Khabib retires and now steps up. Islam Makhachev, a uh, big time veteran, eight and one in the UFC. That one knockout against Martins back in 2015. So, you know, Makhachev does seem to have an off button and Moises does throw some big bombs, but yeah, I mean, Makhachev has only been landed on at like a clip of less than a strike per minute, which is absolutely sickening. His striking defense is 70%. It's a UFC uh, record. The yeah. Strikes getting landed on. Less, yeah. Less than 15 strikes landed against him per fight. And it's not like he doesn't go to the distance. Like, it's so impressive breaking down his overall record. He's one knockout, three submissions, four decisions, just in the UFC. I mean, that Drew Dober performance, maybe you think he could get an earlier stoppage based off of, you know, the jujitsu level. But just still, I mean, the, the way he got it and what, from what angle, I mean, for them to put down that he finished it from half guard is substantial, you know? Yeah. Um, next up, you know, you got Moises who, who really came up, you know, training since eight years old, jujitsu black belt training with his family, hot prospect, only 26 still, 4-2 of the UFC. I really liked picking him against Hernandez in the last fight, but um, this is just a whole other level. Uh, Moises, I would really like to see him come out and continue his trajectory and shake up the division, but Makashev is just um, really just on like another stratosphere, it seems, and like the wrestling of Moises isn't as impressive as it could be. Um, he did get taken down twice by Bobby Green in his last fight. Uh, that um, no, I'm sorry, not his last fight, but a couple fights ago. And Hernandez not really the offensive wrestler like that. And they had a striking battle, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think the leg lock game is going to really work against such a high level wrestler, international master of sport in combat sambo, and a 2016 combat sambo world champion in Makhachev. Uh, he's not getting submitted. I don't see that happening. I see Moises's jujitsu more being the reason why he doesn't get finished. So for me, um, uh, the only thing that gives me pause to playing this fight to go to decision is that it's a five rounder. I haven't seen either guy do it yet. And Moises has never been finished before. So it makes me really want to play Makhachev by decision, but he's coming out here with something to prove could be sketchy. Yeah. I just think, um, the safest type of idea is getting Makhachev and the over, whether it's, you know, round four or five decision, whether it's, um, you know, fight to start X round and, and Makhachev to win or Makhachev and over two and a half, like depending on what book you have, you know, for us, uh, we're looking uh, specifically at a four or five decision on Fanduel. Makhachev, Fanduel minus 185. That's also probably a parlayable piece. Maybe you want to do a co-main and main parlay of like Misha Tate money line and Makachev four or five decision to get some plus money juice on it. Um, I won't put those in like my big parlay just because some of the value is not there. And when you're playing around with like props like that, I get a little nervous. But um, yeah, I, I think that that would be kind of fun. And like, I just don't see the way that Moises comes out and wins a, a decision. He, he would need to finish a knockout early. Yeah, I, I mean... Y- it when was the last time that we had a main event where the odds were this lopsided at minus eight twenty and plus five seventy? I, I can't even think of one. Alex, do you have any idea? 
Um, I have Something to... where this lopsided of a main event. I'm going to see a real unique Twitter post from you tomorrow, and it's going to be inspired by me. I well, you, you're going to find the the craziest because I mean it must it might be like Rousey home or something. I mean it, there's really it's there's not going to be that many main events where it was this far apart. Um, it's really quite bizarre. Maybe so, Usman Masvidal. That's close. Mm. Mm. That's close to this. Maz, Usman was like minus four hundred. Edwards Muhammad maybe. That was minus Ooh, three, another, 335, yeah. right? So that's you're getting close. But mm. st- this is twice as much. He's minus right. 820. This yeah. is insanity. That really is substantial. I, um, yeah, so I think those lines are a little bit way extreme to, for me. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think they are they're just playing on the Khabib-Islam connection, obviously. Um, I just... Obviously, Islam's very, very talented, and I just don't know if he's just like the next guy. You know what I'm saying? And just because, just because of the Khabib connection, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Um, it's what happens if, to, and not that I think it's going to happen because I think he's just going to keep spamming takedowns. But what happens if you can't take Tiago Moises down? Well, it's going to be a long 25 minutes for you. So that's why I, I, I hope they get the. Fucking Islam Makachev versus Gregor Gillespie fight. That's the fight that Whoa. I. Whoa! Yes. Oh man, <laughs> no, that would be crazy. Fun. Uh, no, he's too. He's too busy calling his shots. He knows exactly who he wants, and the UFC will give it to him. He wants RDA. He wants Tony Ferguson. He wants these guys that he can sit on top of. <laughs> I just, to be honest, I'm just not on the Islam train, obviously, and um. I do think that his win over Sarukian was a that's a fantastic win. It really was impressive. Even Dami Hamos. Yeah, I mean win. that was a good one, and a win over Drew, Drew Dober is good. Although Do- Dober is not the best um, grappler. Wrestler. grappler. Yeah, wrestler. Um, so I just think that I think maybe saying a, his record's padded is a, is is a little extreme, but I think it's a little bit. Not the best, right? I mean, mm. I don't know. It's I'm, I'm kind of talking extreme here, but um, I just I'm just not on the train yet. But if he mauls Moises for five rounds, yeah, I will. I'll be on the back of the train. <laughs> and this this is this is his coming out party. You know, we've all been itching for him to have a a big fighter, a big name. Um, to have a big spot. So we, he gets the main event. He gets the five-round fight. Um, it's just kind of unfortunate that there's literally there's no push behind this card at all. There's no real, let's just be honest, there's no real buzz behind this card. And then the B-side of the card is Tiago Moises, who does he – I mean, we, we like him because we love this shit. But, like, does he have a real big following? Does he have any sort of buzz or push? Mm. So it's um kind of a uh, like I, like I started the card. It's a little bit of a bittersweet feeling because again we were kind of supposed to be having Max Holloway, Yuri Rodriguez, which would have been insane. Um, a bunch of car fights fell off this card, honestly. But um, so yeah, like I said, it, it's kind of a bittersweet moment because we do finally get Islam Makachev's uh, bright shining moment, but it's uh. How, how how bright and shining is it? Like you said, it, it's it's about his performance. If he comes out there, he flatlines Moises, or he comes out there and, and just ragdolls him, you know, 
50 44 50 43 for for 25 minutes i mean you're right it will be a a major major thing for him but if there's some sort of resistance at all from tiago moises um it's gonna be a crazy night the one thing about this card is that the lines are all over the place this car is card is primed for a bunch of crazy upsets um and the one thing i do want to say i'd be remiss if i didn't say it is that when you're a minus 800 minus 900 favorite you should blast through your opponent right like we Mm -hmm. almost saw it with sean o'malley on some level like you should be able to blast through your opponent at when you're at that high of a money line at that high of a price so for us to handicap this fight not only do we somehow agree that he's that high of a money line but we think it's gonna go the distance it's kind of i feel like they are um what's the like uh contrary hmm. yeah I, at I least think, on some um, levels it, it's the contradictory it's the hype train like i definitely don't agree that this is where the line should be but it's like every person I hear handicapping or breaking down this fight agrees. It's like, there's no way that this is what the line should be, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like if, if Makachev is really what he's cut out to be, then, then sure. I mean, it might end up looking like it, even if he can't get the finish. Bro, I want to see him get clipped so bad, like in his second UFC fight, just, just cause that was the craziest knockout ever. And um, I would, if that happens again, though, the world will fall on its axis. What do you also, think, Alex? Um, also, I mean, um, Tiago Moises was was taken down a lot by Benil Dariush and Demir, correct? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. So, and then, of course, Bobby Green a couple times too. Right. Like, so that is, I mean, maybe that's what's playing in. They just think that Islam can take this guy down at you know, at will. Um, which, I mean, if 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 that is the case, then yeah, I mean it'll be an easy night it's just moises is he is legit he's 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 real mm-hmm. good he's got the submission he's got the camp he's um he knows in all of his interviews it seems like he knows something that we don't and mm-hmm. that is always very fascinating to me um because mm-hmm. he has nothing to lose right because he's nothing both, to lose he's, he's supposed to lose i lo- mm-hmm. i love what he said and he's like a win, this win would put there's like four wins for me because it's like it puts him would put him so far ahead. If you're right, yeah. if he does win, he could have his his top his pick of the litter in terms of the top top eight. Yeah. So, um, wow. yeah, I just what is his path to victory? Is it submission? Is it points? You know, what I'm saying I just that's what I don't I don't know. Um, hmm. So I guess. It does make me interested because uh, what sticks out in my mind here is like Guru saying this is his chance, the bright lights, the main event. He was supposed to have this a few months ago, if you don't remember, when our boy Paul Felder hops in on late notice to fight who? RDA. Yeah. So like Islam was supposed to have this step up against RDA. Alex, do you remember why he pulled out of that fight specifically? Was it COVID? Was it his back? Staff infection. Ooh. Okay. So you would imagine that's healed by this point, obviously. Um, So that's not something like COVID where you might have the symptoms, the cardio could be affected. It looked like he was um, at his normal training camp uh, in the mountains, all that. So it's like, I do think he will be ready to go to five. Uh, There should be a coming out party. I will be saying that Makachev is like my official like pick, but like, 
don't know, maybe I'm getting a little sketched off of placing a bet on it because it's like something does seem fishy, you know, like that's why I really like, obviously the money line and parlaying the money line is just like, that's a rookie mistake right there waiting to happen. And like, I feel like a lot of people might get taught a lesson this week if we're not careful. Like I'm getting that eerie feeling like you guys are saying, I don't know, something weird. Yeah, I just think the weird feeling is um, how difficult it's going to be to like to really hone in how Islam is going to win. Because, mm. I mean, he could come out and just fucking submit him in the first round. And we'll be like, oh, well, there's that. <laughs> and that yeah, really wouldn't be that just... surprising. Or it could be a really long decision and it could be really freaking boring. And we'd be like, okay, well, that's not really that surprising either. You know, because I'm not that Islam's boring, but just, I don't know, he slows the fight down and you know, he will transition through each and every grappling position. And if it's uh, obviously if Moises is not getting submitted, it's just going to be 25 minutes of smashing. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's I think the line is sketchier than the fight actually is. So that's fair. That's fair. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that really just about wraps it up. Right. Um, Alex, any final thoughts? Um, on any of the fights, on any of it, it's a. I like this. I I I I like this fight card. Um, if I were to bet what fight a night is, it's probably gonna be D Rod versus Parsons or Taha versus Sergey. And um, I mean, like you guys said. There are some upsets um, could be on the on the horizon. Hmm. Oh, for All sure. Right. There, oh, for sure. There's gonna be. It's 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 impossible not to be. The lines are so mm. wide. There's so many li- wide lines. You know, we have you know 13 fight cards sometimes where like the widest line is minus 300. We have like four fights, five fights over minus 300 and over on like an, a nine fight card, ten fight card. I mean, it's uh, it, it, they got some crazy lines, mm-hmm. and not to mention, you jumped out of your skin between with uh, with Billy Q and with uh, um, who was the other one, Sergey uh, Morozov, Sergey Morozov, in, yeah. in terms of them being dogs. Yeah, so, so that's two upsets you expect right there. Let alone anybody that you might not. Yeah, I mean that's a good way to break it down. And thank you guys if you made it this far. Let's give you a little taste of our. Uh, our best picks here, uh, Guru. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a throw out. I have my, my uh, big parlay of the day is going to be Rodrigo Nascimento. Um, then we're going to add in uh, Matej Gamrat and uh, Daniel Rodriguez. So that'll be a three leg parlay. I got that at plus one fifty one for right now. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, uh, I'm tearing that. Um, then you know, uh, as far as like the dog of the day, like we said, we're looking at Morozov and. You know, now I'm I'm starting to feel that Billy Q also, um, especially if we're talking that, you know, round three or decision at plus 200. That was interesting. And finally, um, you know, maybe we're looking at Misha Tate as a straight bed in the co-main uh, seemed to to really start leaning that way. And uh, Malcolm Gordon as like a little underdog play. Those are those are my best feelings. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with pretty much all those. I, I wrote down a bunch of different plays to try to be a little bit more uh organized this week we like the islam round four five decision minus 185 we like the misha tate decision um plus 110 the gamrot money line or even gamrot by finish that would be that's the alex special um 
We got there were a bunch of crazy things in that Vieira fight. You should probably avoid. But uh, <laughs> but you know, round one sub plus two hundred, round two sub plus seven hundred. Hard to hate that Billy Q money line or decision. Um, thinking about that one still, obviously way independent, but uh, hard hard to hate that. D Rod's a, a pretty much a parlay piece throughout. Uh, I think we we really like him. Lemos is the pick, but definitely kind of want to stay away at least for me in a betting perspective maybe maybe i'll parlay it because i'm fucking crazy um morozov is our dog of the day john's by decision plus 120 um i don't know i still like that fig gordon fight to go the distance at plus mm. 152 it probably won't but i i might take a stab just because i'm stubborn to see <laughs> if i'm right and uh not cemento by sub plus 100 not cemento in general probably parlayable but yeah, we, we totally. did. Yep. I mean, listen, guys, just bet responsibly, please, because this isn't one of those cards you want to blow your whole bankroll on. But um, I think it's going to be entertaining and uh, we're going to learn a lot in the in the co-main and the main and all along this card. So Alex Behunin, Cage Side Press, thank you so much for joining us. It really was a pleasure breaking these down. You gave us some good perspective on a lot of these fights. It was awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. Uh, it was it was it was fun. Um, I hope to do another one with you guys soon. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Alex Behunin. Uh, I, I write for KSI Press. I also do the do my Humanizing Athletes series, and that's on my personal website, alexbehunin.com. Awesome. Seriously, Alex, thank you so much for being a part of this. You're uh, somebody that's, at least the way I see it, really respected in, in the MMA community as a journalist and somebody that's like, at least I've seen in the last three months, six months, like just, just blowing up in terms of your, your uh, importance in, in this sphere, you know, when you're, you're, you and Marcel are like, like, Oh, okay. Breaking news is here. You know, Alex said something and that, you know, that really holds to, at least to me, I, you know, holds weight, you know, when I see it, one of your tweets come I out. Appreciate the kind words. Of course. So seriously, thank you so much for being a part, man. Um, you can follow him. Like he said, like he said at Alex Behunin at, uh, on Twitter or Instagram. You can follow us at Chronic Combat on Twitter at Chronic Combat Conversations on Instagram. Uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, like our videos, send them to your friends, uh, give us some feedback. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. So, uh, you know, when you're subscribed, you get our new episodes right away. Give us a five star rating while you're at it. Um, you can follow my awesome co-host, TB Scouting MMA, on Instagram, Twitter, Verdict, and Tapology. And you can find me, Guru Scouting MMA, on Instagram, Twitter, Verdict, and Tapology. Thank you all so much for being here. We'll see you next week for UFC Vegas 32, Sanhagen versus Dillashaw. Oh, my goodness gracious. And Alex is going to be there. Yes, I am. Oh, man, that's going to be sick. Have a great time for us, man. Get all the pictures, and we'll see you in those interviews. You've been killing it. The CEO of EPO. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, Thanks, everybody.